Ahoy! Welcome to Diffuse Tap with Kenny Estes and Isla Krem. This week we're talking to Christopher Bruno, the founder and president of Rally. He'll be discussing how retail investors have a novel opportunity to invest in collectibles, which assets have become surprisingly valuable, and why collectibles should be a part of a diversified portfolio. Enjoy! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the big room. As a friendly reminder, please do stay on mute. And uh, while we're in here, a lot of familiar faces, some new ones, but here's what you can expect today. This is a weekly event. This is our 103rd weekly event, which is every time I say that, it gets bigger and more surprising. Um, but we're going to very briefly talk about Diffuse Tap, aka the event you're at right now, and then Diffuse. And then we're going to do a fireside chat with Mr. Bruno, and then two more rounds of breakout rooms. Because this is a networking event, so about three quarters of our time is networking in small groups of four or five. The other 15 minutes, we have wicked smart people like Mr. Bruno coming on to give us insights on something in alternative asset investing. And then we also do have in-person versions of this event. The next one is August 18th in Chicago, which I will be at. So if you're in that neck of the woods, definitely pop on down. The reason we do this is Diffuse is a fund platform. We have two live funds right now, both in crypto. One's an index fund of the top 30 that we're in the process of listing. And then the other one is a market or a market neutral yield farming strategy called StableFi. So if you have any interested in any of that, let us know. But that's not why you're here. You're here to hear from this man, Mr. Christopher Bruno. Can you please unmute yourself and introduce yourself? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Chris. I am the uh, co-founder and president here at Rally. Um, we are a, a fractional investing platform where we take high-end collectibles uh, and turn them into equities that people could trade. When you talk about collectibles being liquid, what does that actually mean? Could you give us an overview of what are those collectibles are we actually talking about? Sure. I mean, so, you know, uh, just to start off with what, what we're talking about when we say collectibles, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty broad collection and a pretty broad term. So uh, we started initially with uh, with tangible collectibles like classic cars, um, sports memorabilia, trading cards, Pokemon cards comic books, et cetera. And, and that word, you know, has sort of, uh, I wouldn't say morphed, but expanded over time. So, you know, more recently, we're talking about intangible collectibles like NFTs. Um, we've done uh, cash flow producing collectibles like domain names and .eth domains. Um, we've done uh, even more recently specialty real estate, um, you know, where we're not talking about, you know, track homes in the Midwest. We're talking about uh, the home that Mickey Mantle grew up in. So there's a there's a broad group of assets out there that have been traditionally, I would say, uh illiquid in the sense that they're available to a very small set of investors, um, uh, but also at the same time, illiquid in the traditional sense in that you have to hold them for long periods of time. They're annoying to deal with and maintain in certain situations. Um, and as a result, have never been really financialized um, in, uh, you know, in, in the way that other asset classes have. Um, so when we created Rally, we really set out to do two things. Um, the, the first was make those types of assets available to everyone, meaning if you're a retail investor and you know you have shares in the stock market or fixed income or other products that are available to you, you can now diversify your portfolio with really high quality uh, collectible alternative assets. Um, and the second part was if you're if you're selling equities to, um, to a retail investor base, you need to give them solid price discovery and solid liquidity. Meaning this isn't uh, this isn't equity crowdfunding. You invest today, and ten years later, maybe you get more money back. 
Um, this is a true marketplace. So every single asset that we put on Rally is an individual equity um, issued under Reg A uh, that trades on an ATS um, and that has uh, daily liquidity and daily price discovery based on uh, hundreds of thousands of people now trading against those uh, against those securities uh, backed by individual collectibles. So that's kind of the, the high level on it. Makes a lot of sense. They're all securities. We're all up above, above board with the SEC. Absolutely. So who are your who are your investors in the sense of like me? I don't know why I would want to own one percent of Mickey Mantle's childhood home, right? Like I don't I don't know what to do with that <laughs> a piece of paper, whatever the case may be. So who is appropriate? Who who kind of gravitates towards these types of opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to own one you know, <laughs> fraction of Mickey Mantle's home. To be perfectly honest with you, um, you know, it's a it's a it's a good investment first of all, and it's one that that resonates with people who are fans of it. But more than that, I mean, it drives great yield, right? We manage that property, and and people come visit it. It's on Route sixty six going across the country, so it's something that's um, you know both both relatable um, and creates good diversified returns. Uh, so you know that's a property that we acquired for. Uh, you know, in the range of, uh, I think, $150,000. And it'll likely print $15,000 in, uh, in dividends this year just from sponsorship and advertising other sort of revenue streams. So if you don't like money, then don't invest in it, right? But um, <laughs> and if you don't like Mickey Mantle, then don't invest in it. But, you know, you, uh, you know so it's a combination, I think, of, uh, of, of people who have a, uh, an emotional connection to the underlying asset combined with, you know, an investor mentality that believes in diversification and believes in uncorrelated returns. Um, and so, you know, that's what our investor base typically looks like. Um, there are certainly people who more on the side of, um, you know, uh, that was a really meaningful piece of nostalgia. And I grew up around this and I understand it and I need to own a piece of this. Um, to fill that, you know, emotional need, right? And then there's another group of people that say, you know, I believe in hard assets, um, and I've seen the historical returns that these types of asset classes have produced. Um, it's challenging to access the highest ends of the market because of the illiquidity and because of the price tag to get into it. Um, so, you know, if you're a collector with 10 or 20 million bucks that's able to, uh, you know, uh, build a, a beautiful classic car or Ferrari portfolio. That's something uh, that will drive great returns for you and great, you know, great pride for you over a long period of time. Most of us can't do that, um, and I think our investor base tends to tends to look like that, right? So um, I would say it's often a bit younger. Um, you know, they're certainly um, you know not at the stage where they could build that kind of collection themselves, but they understand that wealth is created in different ways outside of just the traditional markets and the traditional products that have been made available to the retail investor. Um, and this is a way to do that younger, uh, to get involved in something that they understand and have a passion of learning about anyway. Um, and at the same time, you know, build, uh, you know, build wealth in a way that that is responsible. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's typically what we see. We have some phenomenal questions coming in for you. Number one, who custodies the physical collectibles? I have a classic car. And I drive it up yep. to your house and park it there, <laughs> and then you yeah. take care of my car. And then so, maintenance, so, right? So to make sure it doesn't totally, totally value. How does so, that work? So, absolutely. So, uh, so one of the main things we wanted to build with Rally was trust. 
right from the from the outset and so our starting point for this was that absolutely every single thing comes into professional custody that we manage on behalf of all of the investors so the cars live with a dedicated car specialist who takes care of them and we operate at scale so we do this very efficiently the baseball cards and comic books and artwork and all of that live in a specialized uh, Freeport down in Delaware, where they take care of art professionally. The dinosaur fossils and um, meteorites and things of that nature live in a really cool facility out in Arizona. Uh, the NFTs live in, um, you know, institutional grade MetaMask wallets um, behind Credo, right? So there's a there's a, a really professional uh, level of uh, of custody and care that goes into the entire collection based on asset class specialized for what the underlying asset is. Um, and then beyond that, we have uh, a specialized insurance product that we've created uh, that also allows us to very efficiently make sure that everything has another layer of protection behind it. Um, so that's that was important to us and that's what we've done to begin. How do we pay for all that? Um, honestly, it's not as expensive as it sounds. Um, you know, baseball cards are really inexpensive to take care of and cars a bit more. But when you blend that across the collection and we monetize the collection through, um, you know, selling second order collectibles like, uh, you know, deal toys, sweatshirts, experiences, et cetera, to our community, um, it makes plenty of money to uh, get to the point where it pays for itself. And in the future, we believe we'll start to pay actual dividends um, to the investors in those collectibles based on um, our monetization of the collection in general. Uh, so I hope that answers the question, you know, enough without getting too deep in the weeds. That's great. Um, well, let's go to one of the questions from the chat. So from Henry, he's basically pushing back on liquidity in the sense of like, you say that it's a liquid marketplace. Obviously part of the problem is if you don't have enough buyers and sellers, you, yep. you can't get good price discovery. Do you have any metrics around like how often these things trade or, or metric number or liquidity metric numbers you like to use? Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I think that's a that's a fair and valid question, right? And some of our are more are less, let's say, popular assets on the platform trade less frequently, and again, get a bit displaced from I would say what is like you know current par value, right? You know, in some ways, that's an opportunity for um, people to come in and uh, you know if you kind of take the market maker perspective on it, right? Um, buy things when they're a little bit down, sell them when they're a little bit high, and it tends to work its way back to good price discovery over time. Our more popular assets are turning over incredibly uh, rapidly and have really strong price discovery. So it's kind of a, a, a range depending on what we're talking about, right? Like we have a copy of the Declaration of Independence. Um, which is a you know a broadside copy from 1776 of the original Declaration of Independence, and so that's a really special asset that a lot of people trade frequently. Um, it was a you know ballpark two million dollar IPO, currently trading north of three million on the platform. Um, there's you could see the full order book in it, and you know we're talking. Uh, hundreds of investors on a daily basis participating and trading in that kind of security. So you know it, it definitely ranges, and and some more esoteric. Items like a you know a rare uh, book you know uh, Yoko Ono's grapefruit for example right like you know we've got that too and it's it's you know it's a really cool asset and I think an appreciating one um, but at the same time doesn't quite attract the same level of liquidity as the Declaration of Independence right so um, you know so that that's definitely fair I, I would say net net the stat is we're turning over our float on average um, uh, about uh, one time per year. 
So 100% of the shares uh, on the platform turn over at least once every year. And so that's, uh, you know, comparatively to like NASDAQ, I think NASDAQ turns over like 2.75 times or something like that. You know, crypto is sort of an order of magnitude more than that. Where should we be? You know, I think that remains to be seen. Um, but yes, you know, on the liquidity side, it's still early innings. But, um, you know, I think we've done a good job. But then I think it's, it's starting to really develop into an active marketplace. Somebody asked, can you give any DeFi activity on the platform? Can I borrow against any of the assets that I've submitted? I, I give you my car. You now have my car, but I want some liquidity there. How can you help me? So I, I think so. I think it's a it's a great idea. Um, and so to keep it simple, and you know, for for again the beginning and to make the SEC and all of the regulators comfortable with this, there's no debt on any of the assets, right? They're purely held by the equity holders. With that being said, um, you know, providing liquidity for assets is what we do, right? So if you've got a fantastic collection of X, whether it's you know cars, wine, art, etc. The products that are available to you right now to get liquidity for them um, aren't great, right? You can take them to Sotheby's and they'll charge you twenty to thirty percent to liquidate them entirely. Sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. You can go and borrow against them from certain specialized banks, and they'll lend you fifty cents on the dollar for sixteen points which is also not very great. Um, or in our situation, we're actually providing partial liquidity um, through equity uh, in your assets. So yes, you can bring something to us. Um, yes, we can direct list it on the platform. Yes, you don't have to sell 100% of it. Um, and yes, if you're a, a person that we could build trust in that our insurance company will accept, you may even be able to retain possession of it. Um, so we've done that, you know, with museum collections and other corporate collections on a on a on a, a pretty regular basis at this point, and we're seeing more and more even high end collectors who have appropriate storage and appropriate protections in place, um, pulling liquidity out of an existing collection in a really effective way. It's a nice use case I haven't thought about. Um, got a bit of a technical question. We have a non-zero number of traders in the audience. So they're wondering about how the actual matching engine works. So is this algorithmic pricing on your end? Do you partner with some of the bigger market makers out there? Like who are who's providing yep. liquidity and how's that managed? So, so right now it's full retail and there are no market makers in the, in the space. Um, we partner with an ATS um, that runs the matching engine for us. It's limit orders on the bid side and the ass side. Um, only. Um, so there's no market orders at this point, just limit orders on both sides of the book. Fully transparent book, um, regular market hours, clear weekdays, the same as you know New York Stock Exchange. Um, after hours, it takes post-only trades and sort of builds the book after hours. All of those clear um, from uh, you know uh, lowest ask, highest bid through first thing in the morning, and then they clear in real time throughout the day. Another question in terms of a third party um, assets being sponsored by a third party. But uh, have you ever thought about you know, proprietary versus agency model for the rally business? Uh, explain the question a little bit more. Um, so I think what the, the person is asking is, uh, is rally acquiring any or all some assets in a proprietary sense? So you take ownership of all the assets and it's just you? Mm. Or do you, for example, work with third party collection? So yeah. first, so, agency one has collection A. You got it. So, so we do both is the short answer. Um, uh, the, the majority of what we're doing now, I call them direct listings, right? Like this is, it, this is the right way to think about this, this equity capital markets in a box. We productize equity capital markets for um, these collectible asset classes that are liquid and hard to access and all the things we discussed before. 
So, you know, for us, we, we don't underwrite deals um, typically, unless it's something like the Declaration of Independence, where we have incredibly high conviction. Um, and it's impossible to get that asset without just writing the check, right? So, you know, in that case, we will take it onto our books. We will become the lister on the platform. And, you know, because it's the right way to get something really special for our community of investors. Um, in most cases, we're, you know, we're acting as a platform where a collector wants to bring something to market. We're doing all the betting. We're making sure it is what they say it is. We're making sure that it's uh, of a caliber that meets our underwriting standards. Um, we're helping them determine the right market value to come to market with it. And then we'll list it on the platform, essentially directly from uh, the collection at that point in time. So we, we, we employ all of those models. Um, you know, it works in different percentages at different points in times and different categories. But, um, you know, net net, we're more of a, a platform than I'd say a principal in that in that situation. You mentioned your underwriting standards there. And actually, we've got a few questions about what qualifies. Like what, what when you're looking at it, what is the most, is it just cachet? Like, oh, everyone knows who Mickey Mantle is. Uh, one, 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 of the, one, of the, one of the audience members would like to fractionalize a pre-1899 Colt revolver. So I don't know, like, does that qualify or what are you looking for? What's the most important stuff? Yeah, so, yeah, you know, like, look, we, we, that, that's a question we could spend, you know, an entire two hours getting into. Um, if we really wanted to across categories. So, you know, the way we've we've uh, sort of approached it is um, we've got an incredible group of uh, advisors around us and uh, people who are operating in the space, whether it's auction houses or premium collectors or other people who are incentivized uh, to act, you know, in the interest of the platform to help us evaluate all of these things. Um, and then we employ pretty strict, really strict uh, underwriting standards in each of the different asset classes we're in. So if we're talking about classic cars, for example, right? If it's uh, if it's not matching numbers, original colors, restored by somebody we known, fully known provenance, um, you know, proper maintenance records, like all of the above, it doesn't meet our our qualifications, and it wouldn't be accepted onto the platform. Um, if you go through each of the different asset classes we're in, we've got a limited number of graders that we're willing to work with. Um, and so it's a combination of uh, data plus rigorous underwriting standards, plus understanding and communicating with our community on a regular basis um, to understand where they, you know, where they're interested and where we think um, assets will perform well on the platform and beyond. So uh, that's kind of a, a high level approach to what we what we do. This is fascinating. We're getting so many good questions from the audience. Actually, the platform itself, how does it make money? Um, how do we make money? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. How do you take uh, a cut? So right, right now in two ways. Um, so the easiest way to think about us is sort of like an investment bank. Um, that's kind of the model today where, uh, you know, we identify uh, market value for the asset. Um, if we're providing liquidity to a uh, to a collector, right, we will take a percentage of the liquidity we're providing to that collector. Uh, and so, uh, you know, basically people are able to buy it. And our percentage uh, tends to be, uh, I would say, uh, much more reasonable than what you would pay to a traditional liquidity provider, like an auction house um, or, a, or a dealer, right? Or somebody that else is brokering a transaction and collectibles. Um, so that's the primary way that we make, uh, that we make money today. Um, and like I said, we also, uh, we, we also operate a, a pretty successful, I would say, uh, merchandise business that goes along with this. Um, so selling uh, merchandise, NFT projects, um, experiences, et cetera, around the collection um, has been, you know, a great revenue driver for the company as well, um, as well as something that our community really enjoys and participates incredibly actively in um, once they become an investor in the securities on the platform or in the assets on the platform. 
Well, that's great. Well, that takes us right to the half hour, which is when we do the first second, depending on how you count these things, breakout rooms. Um, but Chris, just so you know, we will ask you the same question. We asked everybody in between breakout rooms. Tell us the future. What, what are you excited by? Uh, something new maybe the audience hasn't heard about. With your with your hat on, I think you'll, you'll have something, something pretty cool. But for the breakout room, a couple of housekeeping items. One, uh, it's not pitching, it's networking. Be respectful of that. Be kind to one another. And then the big one is we don't issue a full participant list for privacy reasons. So if you meet somebody, swap details then and there, or join our Telegram group, introduce yourself, get in on the conversation and meet a bunch of good folks. Ayla, do you got a topic? Yes, I do. What in your house do you believe would potentially make a good item on the Rally platform? Please be detailed. <laughs> uh, I will put you into rooms now and we will see you back here in exactly 10 minutes. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you had good conversations. Uh, Mr. Bruno has threatened. Please tell us the future. What are you excited by? What do you see coming down the coming down the shoot? Man, I wish you, I wish you would have given me a little more heads up on this one. Now I, have to, I feel under pressure, and I really, uh, you know, I'm really hadn't really thought about that too much. Um, <laughs> you know, for, for for me, it's so I, I'll try not to go too deep in the weeds on on the stuff that we're working on. Um, but you know, we've got a couple of projects right now, um, where I think it's sort of that intersection between, uh, excuse me one second, we're running out of juice here. I don't want to lose you all. Um, where, where we're starting to see that intersection between, uh, between traditional finance and I would say, you know, web three and decentralized finance. Um, you know, and I think that I think to people in this room that that makes a lot of sense intuitively because people are studying it here and they're around it and they're in that um, for the for the vast majority of like our normal retail customers. I think they don't quite understand it completely yet and are sort of looking for those um, for those on ramps that make it uh, that make it easier for for them to see the value uh, in web three for them to see the value in that technology and understand the difference. So, um, you know, so for us, we're working on a lot of projects that, that I would say make, uh, that bridge the gap between like this, the digital and the physical in areas where people are excited about it. Right. So, you know, on our, on our platform, we, we, you know, we've financialized history in many ways. Right. So it's, um, there, there are a lot of brands in there, brands like Ferrari, brands like Honus Wagner, brands like Amelia Earhart, brands like, like these are all things that are meaningful to people in different ways. Um, and then, you know, we've got this, this, this trading platform that's happening very much, um, you know, digitally, right. Um, these products that are very much tangible and we're trying to really bridge those together in a way that leverage, um, you know, uh, Web3 and some of the projects we're seeing that have been really successful of activating large communities. So that in that intersection, I think we're going to see a lot of development. Um, you know, for us, we're pushing people to derive value and utility from being a part of things that matter to them. For example, if, you know, if uh, Mickey Mantle is your thing and you own one of our, you know, uh, PFP uh, NFTs, then it gives you first access to invest in Mickey Mantle's house and first rights to come visit it along the way and, you know, unique access to merchandise that says something about you, right? Um, and, you know, and that's that kind of, you know, the, to, to go through and buy that, that, um, that NFT, you have to go through all the on-ramps, right? And you have to create that wallet and you have to integrate it with dollars. And, you know, we see people doing this and 80% of them have never even done that before, right? But it starts to show um, in a really meaningful way 
you know, you know what what the future looks like and and how being part of communities could add value and monetary value for you and how investing in what you know. Um, you know, is something that can drive, you know, real wealth in the future. So that's the stuff that gets, gets us excited right now. And we're thinking a lot about that, um, you know, that and new fun asset classes that, um, that if you join us, you'll start to see popping up here and there. So, uh, I think that'll be, that'll be cool too. Awesome. Great. Thank you for that. Uh, and on the spot too, uh, but we're going to do one more round of breakout rooms and we're going to wrap right at the top of the hour. Ayla, what are you thinking for breakout room topic? Yeah. One more round. And I'll actually put the same question to the audience. What do you believe is going to be the collectible of 2023? Is it going to be NFTs again or something else is going to pop up? I'll pop into rooms now and we will see you back here just before the full hour. And this time, everybody's getting a new room, I promise. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, as always, hope you had good chats in there. Do a couple quick wrap-up items and then let you out here in about a minute. So um, next week, like I said, this is a weekly event, 114th episode next week, data and crypto, enough for AI. So AI and crypto, uh, cutting edge on a number of areas. As a reminder, August 18th, Diffuse Tap in person. Uh, check us out. If you're in that neck of the woods, I will be there. And then do join our Telegram group. Community is pretty good, especially when it comes to networking, because y'all got into that Telegram group by going to a networking event. Isla, what did I forget? That is it. Except for thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. This was very interesting. We got some super lively questions, which I loved. So I really appreciate your time here. Yeah. Th thank you, everybody, for the really thoughtful questions, the breakout sessions, all of the above. Um, if you want to check out uh, the platform, it's uh, rally, R-A-L-L-Y-R-D.com, uh, like Rally Road. Uh, you know, we're on Instagram at, at rally, please join us. Um, if you have questions, please reach out. I'm Chris at rallyroad.com. So, uh, thank you very much for, for the opportunity. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks have a good one. And thanks to everybody in the audience for participating today. Hope you got something useful out of it. See you. Thank you. Bye. See you in a week. Have a good one. Bye. That's all, folks. Hope you learned something new. If you join us on Zoom every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central, you can also network with other fascinating alternative investors from all over the world in small groups of four or five. Learn more on our website at www.diffusefunds.com. Until next time.